You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. What an awesome sight. And also uh, Luke in the south and Scott in the north, we just appreciate so much being with you as well. And uh, those online, I may not be able to eyeball you directly, but know this, that my father is in every room. Uh, and it doesn't matter what country you're in, my father's right there in the room with you. And I believe this to be a time of encounter for every person, not just here in this auditorium, but north, south, and across the world, because my father loves every individual. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Do you appreciate your worship team? Amazing, eh? And... Uh, I want to commend you for your 20,000 parcels. It's amazing some of the incredible things that I hear about churches doing, but when I hear that, I get excited because that doesn't just, quote-unquote, build the church. It extends the kingdom, which really is our message. And so really this morning, I think angels are singing because of those 20,000 parcels. Because each one of them carries a message of God's love to the heart of someone that may never have ever heard it. And so I I commend you in that. I want to thank Pastor Paul and Marie for their generosity of spirit towards us, their kindness towards us, and opening uh, this uh, treasured spot. And uh, I do not take that lightly. When I was asking my father and just saying, well, what do you see in 2018 for this church? Uh, And I believe, though, I am speaking to you as a church gathering, uh, central, north, south. Uh, Actually, I believe this word is very relevant for everybody, including you sitting somewhere over the globe uh, online, because the word of the Lord is powerful. It can transform lives regardless of where you happen to be. Uh, And so I want you to believe with me for that. Father, this morning, Lord, we we are so excited because we realize that our 2018 has already been visited by you. Father, you've gone ahead of us, Lord. And in your commission to us today, you have provided all for its fulfillment tomorrow. And so, Father, as we come to hear your word this morning, I pray people will be deeply conscious that the one who commissions us is the one that empowers us. And the one that empowers us is the one that grants us possession. So, Father, we give you alone the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I went to that blank sheet of paper, that's how I start preparing every time. I said, Father, what do you see in 2018? So I want to give a couple of initial thoughts that came to me, disconnected thoughts, uh, and then I want to get into the major thrust of what I feel God wanted to sow into your DNA for the coming year. 
But the first little picture I saw was a, more like a phrase. It said, a season of analysis. This is more to the leadership, but all of us can take it on board. A season of analysis which allows greater multiplication. And I saw certain large areas of involvement and commitment which were being divided up into smaller areas of involvement and commitment so that greater focus could be given to the individual components of those areas. And I saw that those areas then grew into areas of kingdom expression that allowed an even greater blanket, uh, an extension of the kingdom across the city and the nation. So I just sow that into your heart for it to be applied as the Lord would. Uh, the second thing that I saw was like a scene of the city. And I saw buildings within the city and they were all more or less the same kind of height. Uh, um, but then I saw these uh, ones which are many stories higher. And one of them in particular stood out. And I realized that Father was speaking to me about the church. And uh, he said, the height really means that that building has much greater impact, uh, uh, as it were, uh, visually and otherwise in the city. But it also means that it's exposed to the, the, the winds and the storms when they come. Because the greater the height, height of the building, the greater the, the, the vulnerability to those storms. And then I saw that they had crafted these incredible uh, aerodynamically designed shields, windshields, that they had put placed around the, the higher floors of this building. And I said, Lord, better explain this all to me. And, and I felt the Father just make whisper, and he just said, the higher floors speak about the authority and the leadership. And so uh, the, the, the height of the building speaks to the impact that this church is going to have upon the city and nation. And the higher floors speak about those in authority and leadership. And the, the shields, the shields are, speak about prayer and intercession. The spiritual warfare, those taking authority and dominion in prayer and making proclamation according to the word of God. And I said, Lord, they seem to be around the higher floors. And he said, yes, because that's the authority and the leadership within the house. Because they, they protect the flock. But unless the intercessors protect them, then they feel the weight of the storm. And so I felt that God was, although he had raised up many Warriors, prayer warriors and intercessors in the house, which is awesome. I saw almost like a selection of a of a, a company of seals out of a Marine Corps or something like that. And, I, and it was just like Father was saying, I am going to pick a few that will have such spiritual authority and dominion that when they go into bat, things happen in the spirit world. They have dominion in their lives. And these ones' primary responsibility was to pray for those that are in leadership in the house and in so doing protect the entire flock and protect the commission and the vision upon the house. So those things I saw and then I said, I, Lord, what is now 2018 to be? Well, what, show me a glimpse, Father, of 2018 for this church. And I felt that it's going to be a year of initiatives. A year of initiatives. And I saw initiatives in three different areas. 
I saw one, initiatives into the unknown. Uh, initiatives into the, 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 the new, the, the, the fresh territory, the uh, and going where no man has gone before. It was like that kind of stuff. And I saw that those initiatives needed a daring, a, a courageous step of not only obedience, but that, that, that willingness that Peter managed to find from somewhere when he stepped out of that boat and onto that water. It's like, who cares if it can't hold us up? If we've got a word from God, then we're going to venture, even if it is unknown territory. So that was one uh, area of initiative. Another area of initiative that I saw was that initiatives that had already been given. They had already been received they, and they had already been started out to be obeyed, but there had been a wall of resistance uh, from the, uh, somewhere. And I just felt the Lord say this, persevere, persevere, persevere. And then I saw uh, the third area, which um, I think refers to many of you as well as to the church corporate. But I I think that, uh, and everybody online and campuses as well, listen to this. I I felt that the third area of initiative was initiatives that God has given, commissions God has given in previous times and previous years, uh, but somehow... It didn't work out. Uh, it was like I, I didn't, don't, myriads of different things happened, but it seemed like it died. Uh, and and s- somehow, my God, I thought I had heard from you. I, I thought this was you, but it seems to have died. And and and, th- and I said, felt the Lord say, but 2018 is going to be the resurrection. And he and it was a clear word. He said, "The plant may have died, but the seed remains alive." You, the, the, because the seed came from him. The seed came from God. The word was from God. It wasn't illusion of grandeur. It wasn't too much pizza. You actually had heard from God. God put that inside of you for your life, for your marriage, for your business, for your finances, for your ministry. That wasn't that wasn't you having a great grand moment. God put a seed inside of you. And though the enemy seems to have stormed it over and broken down the plants, I tell you what, the seed's alive. And I felt Father tell me that 2018 is going to be a resurrection of seeds. And it's going to be like the rain of God is going to come on those seeds again, and they're going to live again. When it came to all of what I have just shared, I felt Father say, but there's something I want you to sow into the body. Part of the DNA of the house for 2018. And these are the words that God gave me. Push through. Persevere. Prevail. Push through. Persevere. Prevail. Friends are trying, listen, things that God asks us to do, sometimes faith and obedience is not enough. Faith and obedience also has to be married together with a deep resolve. We will push through. We will prevail. We will persevere. I was thinking about Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and how he has this incredible experience, you know, the story where he meets God at a burning bush and, and, you know, that's pretty freaky, you know, the bush is blazing but it's not going anywhere and then suddenly there's a booming voice out of the heavens. I mean, you, you, you... 
Well, when was the last time it happened to you? I mean, that is pretty amazing. And then God gives him this incredible commission. Moses is not going to have a little promotion in life. He's going into a whole different stratosphere of responsibility. And I don't want this to be scary to anybody. But Pastor Paul is like, I see the apostolic grace on your life already so powerful and forceful and obvious but it, I just feel it's going to a, a different national and international level. And, and I, I do, I honestly believe that. I'm not saying that to be nice to you. I, I felt that the whole time we've been preparing. I put it aside this morning, but I feel it again so strongly. It's just going into another level. And so he gets this commission. He gets this bold, um, miraculous thing. And then God gives him a rod, speaking of his anointing. And he says, man, it's a miracle rod. It'll turn into a snake. It's amazing what it'll do, you know. And so he bold as brass. He says, well, can I have a little extra help? Uh, I'm not too good at the public speaking stuff. Yeah, I'll give you Aaron. He's amazing. He could be born to be an auctioneer. He's incredible. And so Aaron comes in. And the two of them, and they bold as brass, they come in to Pharaoh and say, you know, let God's people go, expecting Pharaoh to say, oh, wow, yeah, okay. He doesn't say anything like it. He says, who the heck do you think you are? You know, and he rejects their commission. He rejects them. He rejects the God that sent them and not once, not just twice or three times or four times, but again and again and again and again. All they get is opposition. All they get is rejection. And suddenly Moses is being faced with something that every single one of us faces at some stage or other in our lives. Many of us face it many times. And that is what will you do? With the word that God has given you, what will you do with the initiative that God asked you to undertake? What will you do with it when everything comes against it? When somehow the wall of resistance just keeps on growing, what is going to be your response? And Moses, thankfully, took hold and he said, I am going to push through. I am going to persevere. I am going to prevail. I know that my father has spoken and he can reject me as many times as he wants. He can give me that much opposition. He can threaten me all he wants to threaten me, Pharaoh that is. But I know, I know my father spoke to me and I am standing my ground. I'm not retreating. What my father has said is going to come to pass. And he stood his ground. And change the course of an entire nation. It's pretty awesome, actually. And his protege, Joshua, picks up exactly the same kind of spirit. And you pick up his story when they're about to go into the promised land. Uh, And maybe flick up Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1. And we'll pick it up there. I'll catch them by surprise. Probably they'll look at that. Miracles happen. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there and lodged there before they crossed over. In fact, they were there for three days. So, so don't find it strange that God will allow the odd little lull 
Don't panic when there's a lull. Uh, when there apparently there's a lack of activity, don't panic. Why? Because God's getting you ready. <laughs> and God's just letting you catch your breath for the conquest that he's about to take you into. And then it goes on from there, and you can flick up the next couple of verses. That'll be good. And Joshua, and so after three days, the officers went through the camp. And then verse 3, uh, uh, they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and Levites bearing it, you shall set out from your place and go after it. In other words, when you see the presence of God, the commission of God, the, the, the initiative of God settling on the shoulders of your leadership, God wants a response. He wants the response to be, let's get up and go after it. Let's go after it. Get up from where? Get up from your present position. What does it mean? It means your place of comfort, where you've settled. Life is easy now. I can take hold of this. I'm cruising now. And God says, listen, you weren't called to cruise. You're called to possess. You're called to take conquest. And so when the initiatives of God come to your leadership, the house has got to have an overwhelming response to that, to get up from out of there yesterday level of faith and commitment and come into a higher level and it's okay to be scary up there because if you're under authority there's going to be a place of authority you see the authority you're under determines the authority you carry and so as the apostolic authority is on pastor Paul's life as you're submitted to that you draw from that apostolic authority that's in his life and you begin to think apostolically you begin to think and move apostolically because not because you're an apostle but because you draw the authority you're under determines the authority you carry it goes on to say keep your eyeballs on them why? because you've not passed this way before I love that phrase it means you venture out into the unknown it means <laughs> this is new territory Man alive, you've never been there before. Oh, I've never done this before. Isn't that a great feeling? I, I'm 70 years old now, now, and I thank my God that I got a future. And, and if it's anything less, I've just finished 50 years in the ministry, and I can't remember one single year where God has not had me step off the end of a pier. Uh, it's like, Father, it's just like one endless roller coaster ride. And it, ne it never begins. What is normal? I have no idea what normal looks like. But friends, it's the way we're called to live. Venturing out into the unknown. In verse 3, he's, is it? And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. I'm just going to add lib of it. Friends, when they took that ark... The presence of God. And they placed it on the shoulders of the Levites and the priests. The commission from God, oh, I want you to hear this. The commission from God was real clear. He said to, jo jo he said to uh, Joshua, it's not, it's not rocket science. I'll tell you, this is exactly how it's going to happen. You're going to put the presence of God. The ark was the presence of God for Israel. Put the presence of God on the 
shoulders of the leadership and step right into the Jordan. And you say, well, big deal. Well, the Jordan was at flood time at that time of the year. It was a raging torrent. And you say, yeah, okay, well, but you put your toes in it. It wouldn't hurt you too much. Ah, you lost the picture. The, the, The Levites were lined up and they took the ark and they put them on these big long poles and then you had to put some Levites in front and a few Levites behind and they all shouldered it on their shoulders. Get this picture in your mind. Hey, how many of you have ever had to help somebody shift house? And somehow they got you to volunteer to shift the fridge. And somehow they got you to volunteer to take the heavy end and walk backwards. You ever felt that? You know? And it's, it's, it's scary, but not too bad until you get to the steps. You, you're all identifying and you're kind of, you're, you're, you're hoping like crazy you're going to find that step. And the guys, the guys on the other end couldn't care a hoot. They're, they're just walking straight ahead, you know, and you're screaming in terror. Well, what do you think it was like for those priests and Levites? It was fine for the guys that were at the back. What about the guys in the front? You see, they all had to step into the Jordan. Well, well, well that means by the time that the guys at the back had their getting their feet wet, the guys at the front, oh God, they were in the middle of the storm and great torrent of water. But I love about the story is that in Joshua 4.10, it says, but they stood their ground. They stood their ground. I love the wording of it. Put up Joshua chapter 4.10 if you, if you can find it. It's in the Bible just before Judges. Um, and because it says they stood their ground until everything that God had said to Joshua had taken place. So we don't need it now. Thanks. Good. Um, the... the Friends, I want you to get this real clear. That in the midst of that raging torrent, they stood their grounds until, the Bible says, until everything that God had spoken to Joshua had come to pass. I love that. Because my friends, when you possess this nation for God over the next few years and even even a greater measure, when I see what you've already done is beyond belief. It's incredible. But if that's going to accelerate and if it's going to multiply, let me tell you something. It's not just because you have an apostolic leader and an apostolic team leading you. It's because those of you who carry the presence, who carry the ark, who carry the lordship of Christ on your life, are standing with them and you're in the raging flood and you've made a decision and you've said I'm not shifting until all that my God has spoken to Pastor Paul is coming to pass I will not move my position a miracle that day because people stood their ground they persevered they pushed through they prevailed And in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul picks this up. 
And he, and he says, having done all, stand. Having done all, stand. That word stand does, it does, not, does not mean do nothing. The word stand there is a very powerful word in the Greek and it means to hold your position. It means against all odds not to budge, to never retreat. And I love this bit in one of the Greek dictionaries. It says it means to keep covenant against all odds. And friends, what God wants to do is raise up a generation of men and women and young people. And if you're watching online right there in your own home, what God is wanting to do is raise up men and women that will not only believe him, that he can speak to them the initiatives of God. But when the storms begin to rage, you stand firm. Because friends, sometimes the difference between a dream... A glorious dream and its fulfillment is those who will stand firm, those who will not budge, those who will settle the issue, those that will keep covenant. Also in Ephesians 6, and Paul says, because you need to understand something. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities and powers. You don't wrestle against the local council. I've said this to many churches and building programs and things. I've said, don't fight the council. The council, according to my Bible, should be loved and honored. But the powers that, the powers that influence them should be taken authority over and ruled over in the realm of the Spirit where we are assured of our victory, and that's on our knees. We, fight, we don't fight flesh and blood. Principalities and powers. And then Paul gets a little more specific. He says, let me tell you how, how, how he operates. I mean, obviously, it's a waste of time for most people in this building. If Satan comes against you or this church with a pitchfork, you know, a long red tail and starts throwing stuff at your front door. Uh, yeah, really, you know, it's not going to come uh, like a frontal assault. That was not a fool. And Paul knew that. So he said... What you've got to be concerned about, and he used the word. He says, the wiles of the adversary. So that you'll be able to withstand the wiles of the adversary. Friend, the threat to any greater expansion of apostolic vision and purpose and possession in a nation is never the attacks from out there. It's the wiles. That word wiles in the Greek is the word for... Uh, a, a cunning trickery, deceitful trickery. In other words, he's never changed his tactics in 6,000 years. All he has to do is whisper in your head, did God really say? Do you really think God said that? I mean, come on. Believe God for the whole nation. Take it easy. Another campus? Oh, come on. How many do you want? Are you kidding? Another nation? Well, well, just get you to listen to the question. Satan can never decommission a person, a family, a business, or a church unless they first stop to entertain the question. 
has God really said? I mean, did God really say that? My friends, when Paul exhorts us in Ephesians 6 to stand firm and withstand, what's he talking about? He's talking about resisting any suggestion that questions whether we've heard from God or not. You say, well, how do I know it's God? That's your wonderful place of incredible security because the authority you under determines the authority you carry. Do you know it says that he calls us to triumph in the evil day? That word evil, I thought it meant, you know, people getting into all sorts of rubbish and stuff. But I looked it up and it said, it said this is the word for an influence that could prove harmful or even calamitous. And then it went on the Greek dictionary to, to say further and it said this is not the word for human character behavior, neither is it the word for any degeneracy of moral or virtue or values. Uh, This is the word for an outside influence that could prove hurtful and calamitous. And he ties it together with this word wiles. My friends, listen to me. If God has spoken to you, if God has laid out his commission to you, if God has told you what your future, some little glimpse of your future for you or your marriage or your business or your vocation or your church or your ministry, if my Father has spoken to you, have had the word confirmed, do not be surprised when there's opposition. That doesn't prove you missed it. That proves you're right on target. But you make an ironclad decision. I've had to do it many times in my life, friends. The only re- and I'm not going to get into it. Don't have time. But I've been in a, out of hospital at various times in my life. I've had all sorts of suffering seasons over the years. But I'll tell you now, the reason I'm standing here is the sheer grace of God and the love of my Father. But it is also because I made a decision that I will not retreat. I will not listen to the lie of my adversary. Do you really think God has said? When we were when God asked us to build a team 12 years ago, we couldn't. We we weren't even being paid a salary, and and God asked us to raise up a team of seven ministries plus support ministries, pay all of their salaries, and release them to the globe. And I said, that's that's not climbing Mount Everest. That's creating Mount Everest. You And I'm friends, I'm telling you, I lost count of the number of times that that whisper would come to me and say, you really heard from God on that one? Are you nuts? Even some very well-meaning Christians. Oh, David, be a little more reasonable. Be a little more logical about this. No, 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 no. Did you get that? No, no, no. I refuse to live a reasonable life. I do not 
serve a reasonable God. He's unreasonable in grace. He's unreasonable in love. He's unreasonable in power. Do you know what the word reason means? It means to be bound and locked up by reason. And I will not live a life that's reasonable. I have come into connection with my God of supernatural, miraculous dominion. And he doesn't want me to live a reasonable life. You're not called to live a reasonable life. 2018 is a year to be possessed. It's a year of initiatives where you believe that your God is a God of the miraculous, a God of the supernatural. You are not limited to what you can do. You're released into what He can do. Do you love Him this morning? Oh, I'm excited about your future. I'm so excited about your future. But embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Let it be met with a resolve. With every commission and promise God has given you, we will push through. We will stand shoulder to shoulder. We will prevail. Because it was the Father's intention to take this nation. Do you believe that? Just before I pray for you, um, growing in the prophetic is everything we ever know, knew, I guess still knowing, still growing it, knowing <laughs> on the prophetic. 13 sessions on there on the prophetic, uh, right from the prophetic office, prophetic gift, and also living a prophetic life. Oh, I challenge all of you to live a prophetic life. What does that mean? It means to hear clearly and obey boldly. That's the life of this church, in fact, hearing clearly, obeying boldly. Classics, there's 36 videos on there. That's uh, all the stuff we have on leadership, uh, overcoming, born to rule, uh, overcoming the battlefield of mind, or, uh, some uh, manuals on there, some booklets on there. There's quite a lot of stuff there. You did what? Well, I think that's going to be the testimony of this church. In fact, um, um, not this book in itself, but the message, because you see, uh, Margaret named this book. Uh, we're all trying to name this book, and, and Margaret was standing there, and she said, if you'd been married to it for this for four decades... It's longer than that now, 47 years. She says, you could call it only one thing. You did what? You know, because most of her life has been, you did what? And and so uh, this is all those crazy miracle moments when God simply said, do it, and it was impossible, and somehow God came through. And I believe it could really build your faith to anticipate the miraculous. Bulletproof Your Marriage, Pastor Paul and Pastor Marie are two of those that have written in commendation inside the book. Um, it really is touching a myriad of lives, and uh, I pray that it will touch yours and help you touch others. An incorruptible heart, God's got your heart, He's got all of you. We've now got churches, not suggesting that for here, but we could now go churches, Mike Kai in Hawaii, Carl Moore, uh, we've got Jürgen Matthias in, in San Diego. We've got churches that have taken this by 200 at a time so that anybody who wants to come into leadership has to read it because they figure prevention is better than cure. You see, the fact of the matter is if God's got your heart, He's got all of you. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, this morning. You are amazing. You're incredible. We're in awe 
of you. And to think, Father, that you love us so much that you would give us a part to play in the most wonderful unfolding of your grace and power in this nation. So, Lord, we give you our hearts and we say, yes, Lord, we're available. As we embrace 2018, we embrace it with the confidence of knowing that you are taking us there and you will empower us to possess it, Father. We give you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.